Episode six. Already up to episode six. Um, but I am your host, Dylan Licardo. And joining with me, as always, a sacred skull. How you doing? What is up, everyone? I'm doing good. I am excited to talk about today's topics. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about, so yeah. we're just going to jump right into it, uh, because, I mean, we want to save us much time for Ahsoka discussion, and we oh, have yeah. a lot of news to go through before that. Um, and we're going to start off talking Aquaman 2. It's going to be going to be our starting point. There's a couple things here, and then I'll, I'll kick it over to you. Um, so I saw this report on Variety, I actually sent it over to you when I saw it. That there's this apparently, and it's variety. This is like a legitimate source reporting yeah. this. That Warner Brothers had lost Aquaman two somewhere in its servers. Yeah, it's, lost it. That's insane. Um, but then I was watching Sunday Night Football last night, and they teased the trailer coming on Thursday. Oh, really? Yeah. So I had no apparently idea. we're getting a trailer for this movie that's potentially lost. So let's just. Let's discuss this as a whole. Um, do we think they lost this movie? Is it just did they find it? Because uh, once again, it's, if this was some random person tweeting this, yeah, it'd be different. But this is but it's a reliable so. source. Yeah. Uh, I, I, again, I like I said it to you in the DMs. I think that would be a crazy way of just canceling a movie, like saying, "Oh yeah, guys." We lost it, you know. Uh, it happens. It doesn't, and that would be weird. But I think maybe like a version of the movie could have been lost, or a part of it could have been lost, or a clip or something. Maybe I don't know. But if they're showing trailers on Super Bowl Sunday, I mean not Super Bowl, just football Sundays, then you know they they sh- it should still be there. So I don't know. That's a weird. That's a weird phenomenon. Yeah, it, it was when I saw it like pop up, and it was like one of those like teasers for like announcing, "Hey, the trailer's coming." And there was there was footage from the new movie in there. Oh, really? And the parts that were there looked cool. It definitely was interesting. It, it looked visually nice, but just uh, my mind was thinking back to this report. Like, okay, I mean, Warner Brothers wouldn't want to come out right and say like, "Yeah, we lost the movie." Right. They, they want to keep going, but it's just, if you have, this is a very awkward situation <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden that now you're going to start marketing in this movie. Um, like, so I don't know. Maybe they didn't have time to cancel the commercial or something. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, but then they've tweeted out about it saying the trailer. Oh, they have? Thursday. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like an official Aquaman notice. Twitter account. Like, oh, wow. Po- posted the same clip I saw on Twitter. Um, so I guess on Thursday we'll we'll get our first look at this movie. Cool. I'm still not convinced it should be released in theaters. We've discussed that on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but maybe they're waiting to gauge the reaction to the trailer. Yeah. And then might pivot from there and decide: okay, is it going to HBO Max? Did we actually lose it? And do we tell people at this point that that may be the case? I, I feel like they at least, if they lost it, they found it. Right. Or else they would not have put out this trailer coming. So they may have actually lost it at a point, but um, I think they found it if, if they did. Also, sorry if some squeaking's coming through. The, the puppy's playing with the toy right now. 
Um, but let, let's keep on Warner Brothers a bit here for a second, um, okay. just because we're about to go into a bunch of Marvel stuff right after this. Um, Warner Brothers, there was also a report that came out that uh, Zazie, the, the head of Warner Brothers, right. has said they are not utilizing Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and DC as intellectual property correctly, and he wants them to use those more and better in the terms of DC case. What is um, so is what what you because because kind of weird because obviously DC's been churning out movies. Those other yeah. two franchises haven't. But what, what what do you kind of take from this comment that they're underutilizing DC? I uh, I don't think I agree with that in terms of DC, but in terms of Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, yeah, sure. Uh, you released one Lord of the Rings show recently and nothing on Harry Potter since the last Fantastic Beasts movie. You said they released the Lord of the Rings show and I'm like, oh yeah, they did. I watched <laughs> the first episode of that and then I never went back. And- yeah, I actually yeah. watched the first episode and never watched it again either. <laughs> so That's probably not a good sign. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I think at DC they're churning out plenty of stuff. They got animated shows, animated movies, they got the live action stuff. I I don't know. But I think with DC it's more misuse yeah. of the property would probably yeah. be the better way. And he just kind of chunked it in with all this. That's fair. Yeah, they absolutely are underutilizing Harry Potter as an IP. The Fantastic Beast movies were a bad idea. Yeah. They they should have, if anything, tried to continue the Harry Potter story or I know I, there was, back when Hogwarts Legacy came out, rumors that that would get adapted into a TV show and yeah. kind of going along that way. Or just remaking the movies has obviously been brought up a couple times as well. Same thing with the original Lord of the Rings at this point. They are older movies. Yeah. Just, there's been talks of remaking. Would you want these movies remade? No. Uh, not at all, actually. Uh, I'm a big... Um, stop recycling content and re remaking content and just make content from the universes that you've already established. Like I think fantastic beasts is a good idea. And the first movie was great, yeah, but I, I will agree with that. The first they, movie was good. They strayed and it became something else and it was weird. Um, but the, the general idea of we have this universe we expand on it with a character that was already in the universe, but not directly about that original, that original movie series or book series, you know? And I like that. And uh, we should do that with Lord of the Rings and we should do that with other things, but we should not remake timeless classics like the Lord of the Rings movies. I, I no, I mean, we, we saw what happened when you try and modernize that formula with the right. Hobbit movies. It doesn't right. work as well. That's so, um, but I, I'm with you. I, I don't want to see these remade. The biggest issue with, in particular, Harry Potter is the amount of controlling interest J.K. Rowling has in it. Yeah. And until they're able to kind of do their own thing, I don't know if we'll ever get that from Harry Potter. Absolutely. Until like Warner Brothers is like, no, this, you you let we own this IP. You you gave us the access to this. We need to be able to make stories in this world without you making it for us. Yeah. Where, and I mean, that was Hogwarts Legacy. J.K. Rowling didn't have a hand in that. She wasn't a 
creator in that. And that is probably one of the more well-received Harry Potter um, properties in a while because of it. The thing I really would want to see, if anything, is um, the play. I'm blanking on the name of it right now, but I've I've read the screenplay. I read the book version. I want to see that adapted into a movie. I've never read it. um, It's... Harry, Ron, and Hermione when they're older and their kids are starting to go to Hogwarts. Oh, I've and, heard of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's incredibly interesting because also as someone that's like been interested in Harry Potter and in particular always had like one point. I won't say it here because spoilers for anyone that hasn't mm-hmm. uh, read this or seen the play. Right. But there's something that I always said and something that really mattered in the original books that that play confirms and goes into and really I, I enjoyed because of that fact. So I would love to see okay. that adapted kind of, that, that would be they're older, it's their kids. And then you could continue from there. My gosh. Um, but yeah, just you know, this outside. isn't a Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings podcast, but I felt <laughs> like that was, that was yeah. because the DC part was in there. We, we should at least cover that. Um, but yeah, anything, anything last to say about DC Aquaman two before we move on to Marvel? Uh, uh, I think I'm very cautiously optimistic, I guess, about this movie. I would like to like it because I really like the first one. Um, and, but I, I don't know. I just don't think they should release it in theaters. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. No, I'm, I'm on the band. No matter how good the movie is going to be, it's going to be a financial disappointment. Just like Blue you Beetle. Don't, you don't need another smear on your face. Right. If it's a great movie, you release it to HBO and people watch it and say a great movie, then you're building positive right. like talk. And even if it's a great movie, Blue Beetle was a great movie. Yep. People talked about it as a great movie, but yet and the number one storyline was it didn't make money. Yep. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, let's move over to Marvel and let's talk fantastic four because there's been a lot of rumors and news and things coming out about the fantastic four so i saw this on twitter um originally so we all know originally adam driver was set to be mr fantastic and then he ended up passing on the world unfortunate yeah very unfortunate apparently matt smith was the next option who they went to and honestly, I liked that's not a bad second option. It's not. It's not at all. Yeah. It would be it basically it's his character from House of the Dragon, but yeah. in a, a superhero movie. Yeah. And he, he killed it in House of the Dragon. For sure. Um, so I, I like that idea. That's a good backup option if Adam Driver truly is out. Apparently, he's also passed on the role. Oh. Yes, and so this was where, and originally this came from an unverified account, not one of like the big scoopers. Apparently, he passed on the role. Next on the list is Jake Gyllenhaal. Mysterio himself is apparently the next on the list. And at Jake first, it's like, Gyllenhaal. okay, is this um, That's Mysterio in? Yeah, yeah, in Spider Man. Um, so yeah, so apparently I was like, maybe this is just some fake account, but I put it on our news sheet, and then all of a sudden, real kind of verified people are like, no, this rumor is true. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's start here. 
Jake Gyllenhaal, what are your thoughts on him potentially being Mr. Fantastic? Well, my thing would be his character is already in Marvel, or he's already in Marvel. That wouldn't that wouldn't like conflict with anything. Like, I guess you could um, see the characters as different characters, sure. But yeah, to note we've we've had some characters play multiple, or some actors play multiple roles in Marvel. Yeah. Gemma Gemma Chen being the biggest one, I think, uh, yeah. being kind of one of the Kree in Captain Marvel, then to taking the lead role in Eternals. Yeah, but. This is an this is a different issue because Mysterio was such a big character, huge the, impact. The random Cree was yeah. nothing. Yeah. So, I, I don't want this to be true. I I like I I could see it as a like a actor character thing. Like I could I could see him playing it, sure. But in in terms of like co- like cohesiveness in the universe. Nah. Just bring Mysterio back. Yeah, yeah. Just, just give Absolutely. us more Mysterio. He was yeah. awesome. Has Mysterio. He was. Give us he more was. Mysterio. Please. Um, but, and this will maybe tie into kind of as we get down to the Origins rumors and what they're saying about the Origins, maybe how they would make this work, so I, I won't go on that. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't even think it totally works as a character, because Mr. Fantastic's supposed to be a bit of an asshole. True. Um, and Jake Gyllenhaal... Even when he's kind of like, like even when he played a villain, he was still super likable and charismatic. Yeah. And yeah, I guess, I guess that's the idea of Mr. Fantastic supposed to be like likable and charismatic, even though he's a bit of an ass. But I feel like he still leans more asshole. Yeah, for and sure. that's why Adam Driver would work perfect. Yeah. That's why even Matt Smith, even yeah. though he can be super charismatic, like a Doctor Who, just once again, look at, look at House of the Dragon. He would just be that. You, you like, you're interested in him. But you're not like, oh, this is a good person necessarily, right? Uh, I don't know if Jake Gyllenhaal has that. Um, so this again lead into the next story is then kind of the follow up to this. This is kind of there. There was a big line I was following of all this. Marvel still prefers Matt Smith. Okay, and they might instead of offering it to Gyllenhaal once again. This would have all happen after the actor strike ends for anyone listening. But Marvel apparently may just decide to go back to Matt Smith with more money that he would then accept. So apparently he probably put a number on the table at first. Marvel said no, but now they're thinking, yeah, maybe we should give him that money. Okay. So this this was just kind of a follow-up to it. Um, this is what I hope is true. I, yeah. I prefer Matt Smith over Gyllenhaal. Um there's other actors I think that would do better before I would prefer Gyllenhaal. Uh, so what do you think? Where would you fall on this? Should Marvel give money? Should they just pony up the big dump truck and go back to Adam Driver? Uh, what do you think Marvel should do? I, my, like, like I very, very rarely, like, want certain people to play a character. I really wanted Adam Driver to play Mr. Fantastic. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm a, I'm an Adam Driver fan. I think he's a really good actor. Um, and I, in my head, it just clicked when I heard that they were making a Fantastic Four movie. Like before, like I saw any tweets about, about him be playing the character or anything. I was like, Adam Driver would be a good live action Reed Richards. And then it came out that he was offered the job and I was like, Oh my God. Yes. And 
it's unfortunate to hear that he passed on the roles. But I would say, hey, Marvel, you got billions of dollars. Toss them to your boy, you know. And if this sure can he, be the next Tony Stark, right? Like you get, need get a, a strong you actor. Your number one choice. Get your number one choice. Just give him a little extra cash. Pay him what he wants. Exactly. You eventually paid Robert Downey Jr. what he wanted. Right. Like once he became a star. You already know Adam Driver's a star. Exactly. You know he can sell the tickets. Absolutely. Just pay him now and let him be your next big face of the franchise. I agree. It's just... I And like, speaking of the writer strike, pay the actors. Just pay them. Yeah. Just pay I mean, him. Yeah, this this goes to that. Yep. Pay the actors Just what they're worth. Him. They probably were asking what they'd be worth to this franchise, knowing the gravitas they bring. Even Matt Absolutely. Smith brings a factor to For this. sure. And he's going to request what he's worth. Pay them what they're worth. So, yeah, I'm with you. Pay, pay Adam Driver whatever he wants. Yep. If you're not willing to go that high and you want to save a little money on the casting, I'd be okay with Matt Smith. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Beyond Definitely that, solid. I'm out on Jake Gyllenhaal. I yeah. Don't want him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then this leads into the final Fantastic Four talk is the origin rumors and kind of where it's currently sitting. So one of the things kind of known about the Fantastic Four and the movie and the idea so far has been, well, they're going to be from the 60s. Yeah. And they're going to somehow kind of Captain America get pulled into the modern time. Um, that's kind of always been the rumor basically since the inception of, oh, Marvel's doing Fantastic Four. But apparently now they're adding multiverse to it. Okay. And they're not only from the 60s, but another universe. To me, that sounds like, hey, Jake Gyllenhaal might be our Mr. Fantastic, and we need to explain why he looks the same as Mysterio. Okay. Yeah, that would make that would make sense. Yeah. But I also think that's kind of lazy. Um, I agree. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, my take. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so there's not much to that. I just wanted to kind of, because it felt yeah. like it wrapped up this conversation. For sure. I think if you don't have Jake Gyllenhaal, you can take out that multiverse aspect. Yeah, just, I don't think it's okay, necessary. The time travel part is fine. Yeah. I, I don't know. I understand you want to connect them to Kang as well. And, yeah. I feel like the multiverse part is, is unnecessary. It's already yeah. going to be hard enough to explain, okay, why did no one know about them if they were in the 60s? Right. Which might honestly be another reason why they want the multiverse part. Okay, well, they're from a different universe. This is why no one in the main universe even knew about this group from the 60s. That's fair. But then take out the 60s part and just make them from a different universe. Yeah. Put put them in the ultimate unit. Put them in the mile like the Miles Morales ultimate universe uh, of the Marvel, and just have them be like over there, and then bring them in. Yeah. And but then, like, what would be the story behind that, though? Like, what they just leave their universe, and then bec- this universe becomes their main universe, though. I, I think it would follow the Secret Wars oh, comic okay. book idea of, okay, Battle World, they get pulled right. onto Battle World, and then when they remake the universe, they only remake one. So the same reason how okay. Marvel's got into the main Marvel comics. There's been talk about that's probably the logic of how Deadpool and gets okay. into the, the main Marvel universe. But, so I, I feel like I'd follow those same ideas. 
I feel like it's just complicating things. Too yeah. Much. And I think that's we don't a, need more complications. That's a big problem for the current MCU, in my opinion, is that overcomplications is it's like confusing the viewer these days. And that's yeah. what's leading to people being like, Oh, I'm, I'm burned out of this Marvel stuff, you know, which is like understandable. There's a lot to follow. But. Yeah, there, There's too much going on and it's too confused. It's not all connected. So you're having to grasp at these straws. It's right. too confusing. And this just sounds like more of that issue. Absolutely. So luckily this isn't being made right now. Currently, yeah. Especially with the strikes. It wasn't even ready for production yet. No writers. Ready, so they have time to fix this. Yep. But let's talk about strikes and okay. how the strikes are impacting Marvel Phase 5. Uh, Marvel delayed five phase five shows due to the strikes. So I'm just I'm going to list them out and then we'll talk about does it really matter, kind of the impact it has on it. So starting off, Echo. Remind me, Echo okay is a it. show that's coming out. Um, okay Echo it. was going to all be dumped one day on November 29th. It's now being released in January. Okay. Um, what if season two was mm-hmm. originally supposed to come out early 2023, was delayed indefinitely, and is now apparently coming out Christmas time this year? Okay. So that that's kind of the next one, apparently post Loki, that's coming out. I saw that they wrote, they the the episode list came out for that. Episode list did come out. I can yeah. pull that up. We could talk about that as well. I uh I gotta say it. There's like two hits on there that I'm interested in. I want to say there actually was. Um, so uh, no, we're, we're on this right now. I'm pulling it up. So okay. what if season two episode titles have leaked? So there is what if Gamora killed Thanos, which that's was a good apparently one. supposed to be a season one episode. Oh, to note okay. that's why Gamora is in the finale of what if season one, but was never in the rest of it. Interesting. So that was actually supposed to be a season one episode. Okay. But let's rank it. Sound sound like something you you wanna Yeah. You wanna see? I'd I'd see that. Yeah. Um what if Captain Carter finds Hydra Stomper? So this is a continuation from the season one. I'm okay. I like I like continuations. I like that. Yeah. Um what if the Tesseract landed in Hudanosani Confederacy before the colonization of America? And this is apparently the introduction of a new hero, Kahori. I mean, I don't know. I got nothing. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, yeah. go for sounds, it. It sounds like getting like a Native American hero out of yeah. this. So that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, I'm just like. I, it's unnecessary like, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what if Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne fought the Red Guardian during the 1980s? What? Yeah, what if that happened? What is that? That could, that could have just been a real thing. Right, that like what? That does, that's not this, like, weird, multiversal, <laughs> crazy story. That, that would be, like, what if Hank Pym became the Red Guardian? Yeah. Something like that. What if, make more sense. What if the Red Guardian beat them and took the, the Pym Particles? Yeah, or, something along those lines. Yeah. The way that's worded is weird. Um, what if Yondu delivered Star-Lord to Ego? Okay. That's okay. But, I mean, like, wouldn't he just have killed Yeah, well, no, that's kind of... Well, I guess maybe because in Guardians 2, Star-Lord was the one that worked and would have 
helped him actually spread. So I guess it would be the idea of like ego actually gets to take over the universe. Okay. But I feel like we already kind of were but told like, what it was touched. Happened. Yeah, it was touched on and that. Guardians too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it follows Yondu more. Maybe it follows that would like be Yondu cool. and his his guilt yeah. behind yeah. it. And that would be cool. And he um, maybe like goes back and saves him or something. Yeah. So that one could be interesting, but I'm kind of just like I'm not interested already, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? Yeah. What is that? It's apparently just Iron Man 3, but Happy Hogan is the one that saves the day. <laughs> what? Okay. And I guess because it's coming out around Christmas, they want a Christmas episode. And that, that's the Marvel Christmas movie because Shane okay. Black decided to set it at Christmas time. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't um, like that. I think that was on the bottom of the list for me. Yeah, this next one's a little kind of along that same lines. What if Wanda had grown up watching musicals instead of sitcoms? Oh, yeah. Like, what? Why do we need that? Yeah, that's... Okay, <sighs> let's just change the genre of WandaVision. Right. What's actually going like, to change? Nothing. Nothing is going to change. A, you wanted a musical episode. Cool, right. we get it. Like, the... Jeez. Um, what if Odin and Hela had faced Wenwu? Um... I don't Wenwu know is who Wenwu is off the top Shang of my Chi. head. Shang-Chi's dad. Oh. Yeah, what? Right? Yeah, Wenwu is Shang-Chi's dad, so the the Mandarin. Yeah. So what if Odin and Hela had faced the Mandarin? That they would have they would have fought and probably won? Yeah. That one honestly sounds interesting. Sounds like a cool well, battle. Because but... you have Odin and Hela working together, apparently. Well, they used to, right? When they were yeah. taking over worlds. And then, so, like, you get to see that dynamic a bit more. That one has potential. That one yeah. might be, like, the sleeper of the group. I Also, just kind of feels like the Ant-Man and the Wasp face the Red Guardian type situation, where it's just like... Yeah, but that one actually seems like it realistically could have happened yeah, in the real world. That's fair. This one is, like... Truly, what if? Truly, yeah. a what if scenario, yeah. and then finally the last one, and probably the equivalent of like the Infinity Ultron from season one, is what if the Avengers had fought Surtur? Okay, that does uh, that doesn't sound as interesting as Infinity Ultron to me. It does not. It does not at all. But like, what if they would have fought? Surtur? Like, what? Yeah, how would they, they have they fought, fought Surtur? Right. Like, yeah. but, uh, okay. Like, the, the whole idea of at least, like, what if the Avengers had to fight Infinity Ultra? That was, like, multi... I, I mean, and maybe as you go through these episodes, it makes more sense. Maybe Surtur is, like, playing a role in various parts of these and kind of, like, eventually Ultron ended up appearing and with uh, the Watcher and all that. So maybe there is some sort of connection by the end. This makes more sense. Yeah. But, yeah, a couple of these just seem... And, and and this is, I mean, obviously, I put What If Season 1 very high on my yeah. Marvel Show's tier list when we did it. I, these were a bit disappointing to, it, like, see these and, titles. Yeah, and as a person who was kind of disappointed by What If Season 1, uh, I, you know, I had it mid-tier. Um, I'm, I'm, like, there's three that really interest me out of this whole new season. So, yeah. we'll have to see. All right. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I'm hopeful. Yeah. But questionable. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so X Men '97, next one that got pushed back. Okay. Um, apparently has an early 2024 release date, but no specific date attached to it. Okay. Uh, Ironheart getting pushed back. Yeah, that one. Um, that one hurts. I like Ironheart. It was reportedly already pushed back to the end of 2024, and now there's just no no timetable. Just pushed Damn. back as long as it needs to. Damn. Agatha got its third title change. It's now called Agatha Darkhold Diaries. But I think first off, I think that's on purpose. Yeah, people are saying that, like, oh, it's her messing with yeah. it. That's kind of still dumb. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do that, do that, like, in the credits of the show. Yeah. Like, when it actually releases and don't reveal the official title. Kind of like Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the end. They yeah. called it Captain, Captain America, America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Do that, and then by the end, you reveal what the true title is. Don't do that now when it's only people like us looking at the <laughs> titles. Yeah. No one's going to pick, no one that is, you know, like the mass media isn't going to pick up, oh, Agatha was messing with the titles all along. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that's dumb if that is real. Um, but it's apparently set for, it says fall 2023, I believe it's supposed to say fall 2024. Okay. Uh, in this article, because it's it's was already pushed back to mid twenty twenty four, so I think fall twenty twenty four is where it's going to be. Um, let's see. The article I'm reading says twenty twenty three. I think that's just wrong. Uh, Daredevil, born again, was pushed back, and it's now likely not to premiere until twenty twenty five. Okay. And then Wonder Man also got pushed back and it's cause it's still just in the middle of production. Yeah. There's no, no idea when it will be. I, I completely forgot about wonder man. Yep. Yep. It's happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so for all of those, the only one that really out of all the, first off, out of all those shows, which ones interest you? Uh, Ironheart. I like Ironheart's character. Like even in the comics, I I've I've liked Ironheart for a little while, um, and I think the uh, when the actress and the uh, the character made their uh, first appearance in the second Black Panther, I was a fan of the character. Uh, so I personally was looking forward to seeing the show, and I still am. But that's that's probably like my my one all. Oh, I wish it could come out sooner. Yeah. I'm interested because I, I like the character. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried Disney Plus budget is going to really, yeah. really hurt. Yeah. I'd rather maybe just save her. They bumped Armor Wars up to a movie. Yeah. Just just, just have give her, her a movie. in that and have yeah. her work in that and have that be basically the Ironheart movie. And that would be cool. Brody movie together. And it is Armor Wars. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's my worry about that. I, I want to see what Agatha is because I, I want to see where Wanda, basically how it leads to more Wanda. So that one getting pushed back again. Daredevil I'm worried about already. So Yeah. yeah it's not going to, in my opinion, it's there's no way it's better than the, the Netflix show. Oh, no chance. There's no and way. And then, <laughs> poor, poor Echo. Like, it, they yeah. already were just going to dump the episodes. Quit dragging this out. Yeah. It, you're not going to get more interest in it. Not at just, all. Just kind of like the Warner Brothers Aquaman thing. Put it out there. 
if people like it, then you take it as a positive and just kind of yeah, let it go. Just see, yeah, <laughs> just just stop trying. Honestly, just drop Echo on the YouTube channel. Just just put it in a playlist. Let it be free for people. Yeah. You know, if, if they like it, let them tip. But that's about it. You know, go for it. All right. Final bit of Marvel news, and then we'll jump into Ahsoka talk. All right. Daniel Radcliffe, speaking of Harry Potter, has apparently been cast in a secret role in Deadpool 3. Really? Unknown role, but rumors is that he's going to have a role. Okay. So if this is true, who would you want Daniel Radcliffe to be in the MCU? Uh, a funny, A funny role that I think would maybe work is Dokken. Um, Wolverine's son. For anyone that doesn't know. Yes. Um, I don't know. For some reason, when you just said that Daniel Radcliffe would be in the movie or secret role, I would, I immediately thought, oh my God, that would be such a funny little character. Doc and Wolverine's son. Yeah. Um, I'm along the same lines as you, but I'm going to take the next step. What if this is our MCU Wolverine? (gasps) Oh! Ooh, and he, he is short. Yeah, he's <laughs> he is more short. canonically correct. And yeah. we, we just talked about getting big names as these kind of iconic heroes moving into this next phase. Yeah. This would be one of those castings. This is, oh I think, God. something people would love. And I think this might be one of the few actors you can cast post-Hugh Jackman yeah. that people wouldn't just be like, oh, it's not Hugh Jackman. People love Daniel Radcliffe. I think we're still going to get the it's not Hugh because, uh, you know, he's been he's been Wolverine forever. But, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe is an established actor. People like Daniel. Yeah. And, and if if for anyone listening, if you're only thinking of Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter, go watch oh, some of the please. stuff he's done as yeah. an adult. Please. He's please. a great actor. Fantastic actor. He's hilarious. He yep. does action well. Like yep. he'd be perfect to be the next Wolverine. And he's physically different than Hugh Jackman. Yep. So you be it would be a clear difference. Yep. And so what if like the secret role is just at the end that kind of basically like passing out the torch? That would be cool. Hugh, Jack- Hugh Jackman and Daniel Radcliffe come together as Wolverines, and this that is how we get our introduction to the MCU Wolverine. That would be cool. And I will say, um, Daniel Radcliffe, he's in this show right now um, that I don't remember the name of. But I did see uh, posts on Twitter about him, like, bulking up. And I saw, like, his physique now. He is ripped. Like, he went crazy. So, I mean, if he could do that for this Apple TV show... I'm sure he could go Wolverine mode, you know? Yeah. He wouldn't even need to, because once again, like, X-Men 97, like, right. Wolverine's more of, like, just a classic, slim, That's true. character. He, the Hugh Jackman bulked, ripped, gigantic Wolverine was Hugh Jackman's way of doing it. Yeah. Like that that was, isn't the, like, comic representation. There are a few I, bulky representations, but, like, it's not normalized. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's not the... 
yeah. main version. But yeah. he could still. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe would still get, obviously, bulked up. Oh, yeah. Role. It's, they, it's they a Marvel need, They would need the Marvel yeah, yeah. off scene with yeah, him, clearly. For sure. but the scars I, on the body scene. <laughs> that that just made the most sense to me. And I think that would be a lot of, once again, there, there's a lot of talk about, like, the Hugh Jackman-Ryan Reynolds relationship. I think Daniel Radcliffe, Ryan Reynolds, would be in just as fun of a relationship to watch because you know that he's a funny actor. Rapport. Yeah, it needs to be someone that can play off Ryan Reynolds because that yeah. relationship will continue. So, absolutely. In my head, that's what I'm hoping for. More likely, it's along the lines of what you said. It'll be a funny cameo, like a Dakin or something else. Maybe a like wizard version of like. A Deadpool or something silly like that. <laughs> that like would be funny. Not yeah. not even like a canonical character. It's just like it's a Deadpool in like a wizard's hat. And like he's there for like two seconds. Yeah. That's probably the more realistic version. <laughs> yeah. But in my head when I heard this, I was like, man, that would be such an awesome Wolverine. Yeah. All right. We're finally reached the main topic of the Ahsoka. And we're definitely going to talk about these two episodes together because... And I've I've heard other people say this. These two episodes are basically one long hour long oh, yeah. episode, and oh, yeah. they probably should have just been put together as one long hour. It was long episode. it was a movie for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm gonna just gonna kick it over to you. Thoughts, things you liked, um, things that stood out to you, parts you want to discuss and bounce off. I'm I'm gonna kick it over to you to kind of start off on just how you how you liked Ahsoka episodes three and four. Okay, I have very minimal thoughts on episode three. Um, overall, liked it, um, but I have a—I literally have a notepad on my phone. I have—I've written notes on episode four. <laughs> um, so episode three was very calm. I liked it. It was cool. You had—you had the whole Ahsoka needs to understand Sabine and understand that she is her own person. And she has her own ways of doing things, and Ahsoka has her own ways of trying to teach her how to do things. And they need to, they need to mesh. They need to combine their their ideas and let her flow, you know. And that's cool. I like moments like that, where, you know, the teacher has a learning moment and they they bond and they start working together. That's cool. And, uh, of course. Ahsoka walking out on the spaceship, doing backflips in space, deflecting lights uh, with lightsabers on the spaceships. Like, that's crazy. That's Master Jedi stuff. Which I will say, she learned that from, uh, 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 I can't remember his name right now, but the... Uh, Plo Koon. He did that in the Clone Wars. I remember that. Key memory in my head. That was cool. And I was like, damn, just like just like one of her masters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for for anyone that doesn't know, Plo Kloon was the, the Jedi that actually found Ahsoka. And yes, her and, Jedi and helped like help raise her, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and Anakin had his fair share of walking out in space moments, out of the box thinking. So I think that's really cool. And um, the uh, the discovery of. Oh, I can't remember what they're called. The space whales? Purgle. The Purgles. The Purgles. Yeah, I'm blanking on names today. But the Purgles with that scene where they're they're using them as cover and they're flying through them and they're like, I haven't seen Purgles since the day that Ezra disappeared. 
Like, that's cool. That was a cool scene. Have you uh, seen, like, the comparisons of, because, like, purgles have distinct markings. Yeah. And people have compared it to the ones Ezra flew off with, and that one that kind of first pops up looks exactly like the main one. Oh, really? With Ezra. I had yeah. never, I had not even seen that. That's that's really cool, actually. Um, but yeah, those were, those were my base notes on that episode. Yeah. Um, I'll jump in on episode three because obviously episode four is where mainly all the decisions. Yeah. Cause I agree. Episode three yeah. was fine. Um, big thing that came from episode three. I'm pretty sure it was episode three. We finally, we saw Jason, Jason Sandula. Four. No, we saw him in three. He was in Jason three first. Yeah. Yeah. He, he came. Oh yeah. Yeah. He says, I want to be a Jedi day. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it, and then he plays a bigger role. You're right. Before. But You're right. we obviously right. we talked about him on episode one and two. Like, hey, will we see them? We hope we do. We hope they don't kind of just forget about this. So it was nice, kind of getting him basically right after we questioned that. It's like, yeah, no, Jason's here. Jason's playing a role. So for me, that kind of was the biggest thing from episode yeah. three. Was like, besides cool action scenes, the the dog fight was really cool in space. Yeah. Um, all of that, but like getting the confirmation, yeah, Jason's around. He's gonna be. He's gonna play a role here. Was was nice from episode three. Yes, I will say I was I was happy to see him when I saw him on screen. I don't know yeah, why I uh, thought it was only in episode four. They do really mesh together. Is they do, like yeah. One scene. Yeah. Uh, to note, he's wearing um, Kanan's pauldron. Yes. Yeah, yes. he he has the same pauldron. The the arm shoulder guard for anyone that doesn't yeah. that doesn't know uh, that Kanan, his dad. War. So that, that was a nice little visual touch. Very cool. Very cool. All right, but episode four, that's that. Oh, man. Let me, let me so, whip out the notes. You know, since you have notes, I'm going to hit maybe a couple like big things and then you can, you can go, go for it, man. If that feels good. So let's start off with just the fights. Okay. Let's discuss the fights. All uh, right. So we had, we had various fights in this. We had the kind of droid ambush at the start. We then had Ahsoka and Merrick. What? Sabine. Oh, Sorry. Right. Ahsoka and Sabine versus Merrick and. Yeah, man, now I'm, I'm blind. Merrick and Shin. 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 Yeah, so versus Merrick and Shin. Yeah. And then it ended really with the Balin and Ahsoka fight. Right. So, kind of, if you take those in whichever order you want, but what kind of your thoughts on the fights of this episode? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, one word, fantastic. Um, yeah, in my opinion, they went crazy, all of them. Like, they were all great. They all looked great. They all felt great to, like, experience for the first time. Um, I gotta say, two of them were probably some of my favorite fights in live-action Star Wars now. Assuming that's not the droid fight. Yeah, not the droid. The droid fight was cool, I will say. Because, like, it was cool to see, um, I, um, again, we're blanking on names. You and I were to switch out. Ki Wang, yeah, Ki Wang. When he was, like, throwing hands, you know, he's prepared. He's prepared. But then he's like, help, you know. He's, he's yelling for help. And then Ahsoka, and we see like Ahsoka and Sabine instantly jump into action and, you know, go to work. And that's cool. You know, that was cool. They dispatched them quick and easy. They they admire their work for a second. Camera pans over all the, the broken droids and, you know, dead goons. That's cool. It was cool. Yeah. 
And then big key before they head off to the next fight, which I'm sure will be the next one we discuss because it has more to discuss yeah. about, is Huang saying, make stick sure you stay together. together. Yeah. You always did better together. Yes. Let's move on to fight two. Shin, Shin versus Sabine yep. and Merrick versus Ahsoka. Yes, sir. Uh, okay. These are where my notes come into play. Yeah, I, fi- um, I figured this is basically right. that's why I was like, I want to make sure we get that droid fight because yeah. it was still cool, but it wasn't as good as the rest, all right. Yeah. So the scene opens with Sabine and Ahsoka sticking together, and then the enemy duo of Merrick and Shin come in and they immediately go, I'll take this one, you take that one. And I thought that was really great. Uh, character-wise, because clearly they're not in sync, but they're trying, but they're not. And Sabine, without hesitation, whips out the pistols and starts firing and uh, picks her target because she wants her get back. She wants to get her revenge on that, which is not great, you know, in terms of Jedi things, but she is a Mandalorian, which we see in the fight. It's so cool. Um, There's moments where, like, her lightsaber combat looks better. Like, the training seems to have, like, adjusted her to laser lightsaber combat. But then she she moves like a Mandalorian. She's blocking with her armor. She's using that to her advantage. And then you get that one scene uh, where Shin, you know gets her down in the end and she's on the ground and she goes for a, a, a force push. And then you think of, well, in the moment I thought, Oh my God, she's going to do it just a little bit. She did nothing. <laughs> it was kind of and funny. You get the killer line of you have, no you power. have no power. And then Shin is like, I've won this battle. And then Sabine goes like in her, like you see it in her face. Like she's like, you're right. And then she, launches a rocket at her with her wrist gauntlet just perfectly and it catches Shin off guard and Shin's like, oh crap. And she she Batman smoke bombs away, which was kind of funny. Um but I just thought that was incredible for like like we were talking about it last episode that we want to see Sabine use Mandalorian techniques with her Jedi training. That was it. I was happy. Yep. Um, no, I, I, I agree with yeah. everything you said. I, I loved all aspects of it. Fantastic. Her fighting. Yeah. It, it, it was good. Yeah. Um, so let's flip it on to the American Ahsoka side. Now, I'll okay. throw out a, a couple things here, and then we'll, we'll get to your thoughts. Go for it. Right away, Ahsoka takes out one lightsaber. Yes. And so just, in first off, that's, Ahsoka carries two lightsabers. Normally, she's Fights with two lightsabers. So this was strange to see her with one. My thought process of why, and I've seen more lore-based reasons of why, I think this is, once again, I talked about this in episodes one, two, where I felt the fight choreography was a bit slow. Yeah. So I I think this might be that Rosario Dawson might just be more comfortable with the single sword fight style because her fighting looked smoother. That's true. Both in both fights, in Balin and against Merrick. Yeah. Um, so I think that might be the key. And they knew these were such impactful scenes, so they they probably tried it with two, and maybe a, 
Rosario said, man, I, I can't do this. I, I feel better if we do one. Mm-hmm. And they made it work and they made it. Because we've never seen Ahsoka really do this. Yeah. She's um, she's done it like a couple times here and there in like Clone Wars. She takes out yeah. one. Uh, but but she usually, she very, yeah, very rare. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen people explain like, oh, it's similar to Anakin's fight against Dooku. And she takes yes. the same stance as yes. him and all this. And I'm like, okay, that's in my maybe, notes. But <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, maybe that's, and I was like, to me, it's just like, I feel like it, it was more comfortable for the actress and they wanted the fights to look good. Yeah. Um, either way, it's cool. It looks yeah. awesome. Um. And then obviously, so the fight doesn't last that long between Merrick and Ahsoka. The, this fight's definitely more focused on the other side. But obviously the big reveal is when Ahsoka strikes down Merrick. He's just a gas Merrick cloud. Is, yeah, Merrick is just some night sister magic locked in a, yep. an outfit. Yep. Um, so yeah, so I guess what? How did you like the fight? How do you like this reveal about Merrick? Obviously, we had all these theories of is it yeah. Ezra? Is it Star Killer? Is it this? I still have some theories off this. I'll throw out, but I'll I'll kick it over to you and kind of your your thoughts here first. Okay. Um. Well, I loved the fight. That is my second favorite fight of the whole episode. It was so well done, in my opinion. It was like it was intense in a way like you could feel like the focus energy, like the, the feeling of just like being drawn into the fight and paying attention to every movement that was being made. Um, you know, I really nerded out in these fights for sure. Um, there were, there were movements like you discussed, uh, that like Anakin took certain stances against Dooku and stuff. Like I, I wrote that down that like, there were movements in that fight that Ahsoka did that I've seen like Anakin do or Obi-Wan do. And that's cool to see. Um, I don't know if it was intentional or if it was just, you know, the way it happened, but just because of choreography reasons, you know, that it just, it's just, it works better for live action. Uh, the biggest one obviously being like the, where she's holding the right. lightsaber over her head. Right. A clear, Anakin does that against Dooku. Absolutely. So like that one was the clear one that like people really, he even does it against Obi-Wan. There's a lot more than just that. Yeah. And, um, but it also reminded me of Obi-Wan versus Maul, where they both understand that they're well-trained warriors. It seems, you know, they take stances, they face off, they do a standoff, and then in one clean, fluid movement, Ahsoka takes him out. Done. And I thought that was beautifully well done. She's done it before in Tales of a Jedi, uh, which works. You know, she's already knows how to she she already knows how to take him down. You know, and uh, also reminiscent of Maul and Obi Wan, which was cool. And uh, yeah. Uh, Merrick being some night sister magic makes sense, you know. Theories were fun. The internet was raving. Uh, could it be this? Could it be that? Oh no, it's this. Oh no, it's that. He's a fart cloud, and that's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
I mean, and also what I think it says is, one, we clearly know that, uh, what, I'm forgetting her name now, the actual Nexus there. Um, uh, damn, I don't remember it either. I want to say Melisandre, but that's just the red <laughs> Game of Thrones, which is the exact same character, by the way. But it doesn't matter. But the, the yeah. Night Sister, that I'm forgetting her name, um, has this power to resurrect basically a spirit. Right. Grow in the body, which is a power we've seen Night Sisters be able to do in the past. And I think that could come back into play in this idea of Merrick maybe was setting up. You know, another bigger name villain that has a lot of connections to these characters to potentially get brought back as a spirit in Darth Maul. Yeah. I've, I've seen this theory thrown out. Uh, Screen Crush, I know, put out a video behind it. But this, this is what I was thinking when I saw the fart cloud. I was like, okay, so it's just Night Sister Magic. That's not going to be it. Right. If that's it with Merrick. And his whole point was just there to be a fight and be a fart cloud. Then this is the point. I'm like... I trust Dave Filoni more than that. Right. Dave Filoni also set up, brought back Darth Maul in the first place. Yep. Sam Witwer, once again, let's keep bringing up his reference. Yeah. Voice small. I have that. I have a note on him, but that comes later. Yeah. That could have been, he could have been voicing Merrick the whole time yep. and have that. Maybe that was like part of the spirit and then she'll eventually bring back more. It's just a villain with a strong connection to, in particular, Ahsoka, in yep. particular to a lot of these characters. So it would make sense. And I'm, I, Darth Maul's one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. So same. selfishly, I would like to have it, in particular, the same wit where, yes. in, especially if you're doing it as a spirit, yes. you, can, you don't need necessarily Ray Park to come back and be the physical form. It could just know. be more Sam Witwer's voice. Uh, with a graphic image of yep. Maul in, in, in a fart cloud version. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's where I hope this goes. At worst, it just shows us that their spirits can be raised to fight against our enemies here, and that right. just that's a power they now have to deal with and fight against. Absolutely. All right. Well, and let's get to the highlight fight of, and we're kind of just going chronologically, and then oh, I yeah. guess we'll talk about the ending at the end because that's basically the whole episode. It's these all these three fights and then the ending. Yeah. Um, Balin versus Ahsoka, and this is the the highlight. This was my favorite oh, of it. Man, yeah. There's just almost everything about this fight. Oh my gosh, perfect. it was yeah. Like if I have to rate, it's it's probably like a nine point eight out of ten. On my my scale, like yeah. it's geez. not dual the fades. It's, it's not not that's a ten. Yeah, that's uh, a ten. Uh, Anakin versus Battle Obi-Wan. of Mustafar's up there. Ten. Um, some of the some of the anime. We'll, we'll, yeah. I guess we could leave anime yeah. out. This is live action, but live action. Um, I yeah. I'd put the Ray and Kylo Last Jedi fight in the the like against the Praetorian guards was a really good fight. I'd put that up there. Yeah, but. I'm kind of running out of fights beyond yeah. that. That's I'd say this is top four. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I was like, maybe there's one I'm just forgetting, but yeah. it, it's one of the best out there, and in particular, Balin. Yeah. Shout out to Ray Stevenson. Oh my god, he oh, he's so good. He's it's so unfortunate about his passing, man. R.I.P. Because he is killing this role. No, and just the the power. Talk about fight, ones that fight choreography. Yes, the power and the movements in his power just showed. 
it's just insane. So much. Yeah. He's um, just and once again Ahsoka fighting with one lightsaber. Yep. It and it worked. The fight choreography worked, and I feel like if she had because if she has two. I think she's able to overwhelm Balin's power moves with the speed of the two lightsabers probably easier. And so the the once again, the one I think is a choice around let's make this fight the look the best as possible. I agree. Whereas it with the two, maybe it would have looked a bit more awkward. It wouldn't have been as impactful. I agree. Um but also uh I think for me, like my in lore explanation would probably be Ahsoka is showing respect um, in a form of fighting uh, in a way in my eyes Um, she sees these you know you know Merrick of course like she didn't know who that was but you know um, a master of sorts in a way could be Um, but when it comes to Balin, well, she already she fought Merrick with two lightsabers right. in the last episode, and so that's maybe it was just because like... she was like it didn't work, or like he already knows how I fight, or something like that. Um, but for the second one, when when she fights Balin, um, I think it's I think for me it was like oh yeah, it's a sign of respect. Like he draws, she draws, they both just stare down. It's it's for me. It was like yeah, okay. These are two masters gearing up for a real brawl right here. Yeah, one of the best parts and something that's always underutilized in a lot of these fights, except for the ones that we kind of listed out earlier. Force abilities getting used yes. in mid fight. Balin yes. throwing a rock at Ahsoka. Ahsoka yes. trying to pull the the map out of the pedestal. And it's just yeah. like there's just more going on than them just sword fighting. Absolutely. And, yeah. And uh, um, just like, just Balin's overall just figure and stature and his like solid strikes and movements that are just so like one, two, they're like simple, but so deadly seeming and strong. Where when then the the other side of the coin is Ahsoka's fluid, speedy, agile type movements that she started to use when she noticed that she was getting overpowered by his just raw ability, and that was cool. Um, man, it's just it was a fight. It was a fight. Yeah. So let's start getting into the story impact of this. So we talked okay. about the fight. It was great. Obviously, it starts off with uh, Balin teasing that he he knew Anakin and mentioning, okay, very few people live to see what he became. So he also knew Anakin became Vader, which very few Jedi that lived or people actually knew that. Ahsoka didn't know that until she fought Vader herself, basically. Obi-Wan didn't even know that. Yeah, and it's just so that information is very limited, so the fact that Balin knows that is incredible. Yep. Um, and then kind of throughout the fight, it's kind of the, this battle for the map, but then Shin comes in. Yeah. And Ahsoka, in reaction, believes Sabine has been taken from her. Yes. Sabine has died. Shin won. And essentially what seems to be force chokes Shin before throwing her into a wall. Yep. 
let's talk about that because yeah, uh, that's not very it's not very Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, it's uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. It's very Anakin um, of her to do that because we have seen many instances or quite a few of Anakin embracing his anger and choking some people and, or torturing people Loki, and still being a Jedi, but you know, for brief moments in time where he's, he broke a little bit into that darker side. And that was, that was cool to see uh, Ahsoka kind of touch upon that, but it's also kind of, kind of scary. Um, but yeah, that that was my thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I definitely, and it also ties back, I think, to the start of the episode where Ahsoka was basically telling Sabine, "You can't get too connected. You might have to give up what's what you like, kind of want for the greater good." Right. And basically, talking about connection, it's Anakin obviously being the poster boy for having personal connections. Right. I think this could be our first insight into why maybe Ahsoka stopped training Sabine in the first place. She was getting maybe too she was getting too much of a personal connection, right? And was worried that it would affect her. And then here in this moment, when she her. thinks she's lost Sabine, she reacts out yes. of emotion. Um, and it's kind of showing us that okay, maybe Ahsoka that that's why Ahsoka left originally or stopped training Sabine. She didn't want this connection, but it's here. It was there and it's now made her and maybe she lashed out and maybe tapped into the dark side originally. And when she realized that was like, Oh no, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. This is what Anakin did. Right. It scared her. Yeah. It scared her. That's a a good point. Yeah. So let's, let's start tying this all together. So after Shin gets knocked out, Balin has Ahsoka on the edge of the cliff. Sabine comes in. Well, actually I guess I'd say, Ahsoka eventually takes the map off of right. the pedestal and it like burns her hand. It's I think that's important. Which is important because it is scarred into her hand the circles and lines of the map. Just saying. Seems yeah. important. Yeah. Uh, but Sabine comes in while Ahsoka's around the edge, picks up the map, and holds a gun to it. Yeah. Hostage style. Um, and basically Ahsoka's telling her, destroy it. Uh, Sabine's hesitating, and Balin basically kicks Sabine off the edge. Uh, 300 style. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Not with his foot, but with his lightsaber. Yeah. Um, at her weakest. And we'll, we'll talk about what happens there at the very end. We'll save that discussion. Oh, but yeah. But Sabine ends up giving Balin the map. And yes. going after, with After, like, five seconds of him being like, I will help you see your friend. You know you want to see your friend. And that he kept repeating that, and it worked. Sabine was like, "I do right. want to see Ezra." He he, and you could see it because he has the lightsaber out, and you can kind of see him close his eyes and basically read Sabine Sabine's and like, like energy. Oh no, I yeah. know how to deal with this situation. Right. And exactly, turns his lightsaber off and is like, "No, let, let's work together." Yeah, you give so, me the map, I'll take oh you to Ezra. God. He's so cool, such a good character, bro. I'm such a fan. And a man of his word. When yeah. Shin wakes up and starts force choking Sabine, he tells her to stop. And be like, no, nah, I promised her we wouldn't hurt her. Yep. So shout out to Balin. Good guy, Balin. Well, I will say uh, the reason that Balin 300 style kicks Ahsoka off of the cliff is because Ahsoka previously force choked and slammed Shin into a rock. 
so he he once again i still think shin's his daughter yeah for sure i like he definitely entered the rage mode too (laughs) it was it's a very ragey moment in the show but yeah yeah um but what do you think about sabine betraying ahsoka some people are saying i i think it's very on character for sabine in my opinion i think Sabine cares about her connection with Ezra more than, like, uh, life, probably. And, um, yes, it is kind of like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just destroy the map? Like, why would you, like, even sacrifice Ahsoka for Ezra, you know? But it's understandable. Sabine has been left in this, like, depression state almost without... Ezra next to her. She's living where he used to live. She doesn't leave. She doesn't do it. She doesn't train, you know, and all this stuff. And it's clear that she really has only one goal. See Ezra. Find Ezra. Save Ezra. So to me, it was like perfectly on brand. Um, Because even when she picked up the thing and held the gun to it, I was like, she's not going to do it. She's she's not going to shoot it. No, I, I agree. It, it is, it's completely on brand. And also something that Balin said uh, that I did bring up. We actually got a little, because um, a lot of people were asking this in Mandalorian Season 3, where House Ren was. Right. Apparently, they're all dead. Oh. Um, oh, as, yeah, that's right. Ba- Balin mentioned that yeah. Ahsoka apparently was, it sounds like what happens from, from my interpretation is, Sabine probably asked Ahsoka to go help against the Siege of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. When the Empire bombed Mandalore, we've we've seen the the visuals of that in Mandalorian, um, and Ahsoka told her no, and it seems like Sabine's family died in that attack. Yeah, and so there there's that kind of bit. So to kind of add to and the fact that she's mentioned that Ezra's the only family that she has left. Yeah, poor that, Hera is just, just like, hey, I'm I'm here. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, I'm, like, I'm hey, trying I'm, to be I'm your mom here. here a little bit, but, <laughs> but they're kind of off doing their own things. Yeah. And so Sabine kind of maybe does. Maybe she feels like they've left her too. Yeah, that's and, that's why I was saying she feels lonely. Like yeah. she has no one. Yeah. Um, so I definitely do, do see why it makes sense. Also, from a story reason, now we have a hero that's going right. to be off in Peridia with the villains, meeting yeah. Thrawn and all that. So it makes sense. So we we go over there with them. But character wise, it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else you want to add in about Sabine before we get to the finale? Um, no, I think, I think that she's overall like exactly how she was in Rebels, if, if not more, which is great. Um, and she's very, uh, just easily agitated and not willing to like learn kind of, and not willing to follow the rules and has her own way of doing things like, you know, like we saw before. And, uh, I'm excited to see the next steps for Sabine in the Ahsoka TV show, but yeah. I guess before we get to the big finale, I will just mention for anyone, just as we're recapping, Hera does show up at at the planet right before the eye of Sion hyperspace yeah. is out of there. Yeah. Really cool scene. Really but cool not scene. Super impactful overall. Nah. So 
we don't need to discuss it a ton, but it was a cool scene. It was. Uh, Jason throwing out the, I got a bad feeling about this. I got a bad feeling about this. this. Yeah. So, yeah. Got to always have that. Got the Jedi line. But right after that, we cut back to the cliff. Oh, wait. Ahsoka was kicked Uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to kick kick you off the mic here, but on her her calm panel, there was a, a picture of Kanan. Oh, I am. Yeah, that one. there was a. She had a pinned picture of Kanan right there, on the control control sticks. That was cool. Nice. I missed that. Yeah. All right, but yeah, cut back to the cliff, and mm-hmm. it starts to pan to the water. Yeah. And as we pan to the water, it starts to turn. You start to see Ahsoka's kind of head tails. Yep. And it starts to turn galaxy. Yeah. And eventually, we see. Ahsoka in the world between worlds from Rebels. Yes, so cool. And then you hear, hello, Snips. Oh, my God. Let me tell and, you. <laughs> yeah. I was pogging. I, my, my jaw dropped. I was excited. Like, my friends, my friends that have known me for a very long time, they know uh, when I talk about Star Wars... Anakin Skywalker is my goat. He is my guy. And growing up with, you know, uh, live action episodes one through three, and then, you know, of course, Luke Skywalker's story. Um, But the first Star Wars movies I ever saw were episodes one and three, one through three. And Revenge of the Sith is still my all-time favorite. But Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker was my favorite character. And then as I grew up, I continued to appreciate that character through the clone wars through everything and man i was hype to say the least i my my mouth was like wide open i was jaw dropped surprised excited happy and then you know i was like yeah i won you know star wars fans we up <laughs> but there's a lot of theories i have about Anakin right now. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, we'll get to Anakin theories as well as uh, how Ahsoka got here. That'll oh, kind of be yeah. our, our wrap up here. But yeah, so just to kind of finish up the description, I knew, I knew that'd be a good spot to pause. Ahsoka turns around and we see Hayden Christensen back as Anakin. Yes. De aged. Yes. Not super well, but de aged. I'm okay um, with the de aging. Like, I, yeah. I, my hot take is the de aging looks okay. Like, yeah, it I'm looks okay. okay. It doesn't yeah. look great. It doesn't look bad. It's not perfect. But it's like, it's not like terrible in my opinion. Like people are saying it it ruins the whole episode. What? No, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. It's still a great moment. Yeah. still a great moment. All right. But let's, let's start before we get to Anakin. We'll, we'll end with Anakin. Yeah. My, my question for you is, is Ahsoka dead? Like some people want to think she was kicked off a clip. She's dead. Or basically, how did she get to the world between worlds? How did, how do you Um, think she got? My thought, I wrote it down. Um, Ahsoka falls off the cliff and through the force in some way, she has been like saved. I think like there was like a force portal type pull type thing, like a door opened in her moment of need. Like, uh, like, to to connect it to another world between worlds moment when um, Ezra enters the the temple to receive his lightsaber crystal, he 
gets like transported to this galaxy like area, which we didn't know was the world between worlds before, but then we learned to, that it is. And, um, he talks to Yoda and Yoda is there and hands him or like gives him some, you know, wisdom, talks to him a little bit in the confusing Yoda way and then hands him the crystal. Well, the force hands him the crystal. And then magically he's teleported right in front of Kanan again. Right. And I think it's one of those situations where the force kind of reached out and pulled her into the world between worlds. And yeah, that's, that would be my, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm on the same line of thinking. Okay. And I, what I think also kind of adds to that idea is the last shot of the episode, the last shot outside of the world between worlds. It's an angle on Huang, where he's mm-hmm. kind of calling out to Sabine and Ahsoka. And it's from extra up high in a tree. Yeah. And so the, the film kind of nerd in me knows, okay, that they're, they're choosing that angle for a reason. And for my ideas that's the perspective of the morai owl this owl that is connected to ahsoka because she has the life force of the sister of the daughter basically the light side of the force within her yes um and if that's there that's kind of always been there in these kind of moments of the force stepping in it was in the world between worlds when ezra pulled her out of the darth vader fight yep and so I think it is very much a force kind of saving her, pulling her in. Could it, maybe it was Anakin himself doing it, being yep. basically at the Ezra of the moment, or it was just, like you said, kind of a, she tra- teleported into it. Yeah. I don't think she's dead. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. I know some people are like, she yet dies. again, she's she did not die. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, she's not dead. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on the same, same line of thinking yeah. as you there. Um, so let's talk Anakin, though. Oh my gosh, I got. Is theory. this is this real Anakin from the Clone Wars era? Because he's note he's wearing his Clone Wars um, attire. Yeah. So th- these are kind of the theories I've heard, and if you have a different one, you can basically say what you think you can. Most say of mine are just all the ones that have the internet has also talked about. Yeah. So I'll I'll recap it. I'll let you go into more detail and say which one you want to go yep. with. Um, is it a real Anakin that found his way in here and is pulling an Ezra, kind of pulling her into this time? Is it Force Ghost, dead Anakin, and she's the reason he's dressed in Clone Wars is that's how she would interpret him? Or is it some kind of manifestation from Ahsoka's mind? I feel like those are the main three that I've heard and seen. Um, okay. where, where do you fall on this? Um, well, when, after watching the episode and calming down from my high of awesomeness, (laughs) I, uh, I wrote, okay, this could be Clone Wars Anakin and she is having a memory type vision, which you stated. And I think that could be, you know, like her memories of Anakin manifesting in the force, and giving her guidance, you know, or, um, I noticed that his lightsaber was different. It was black and it's Vader's Darth Vader music kicks in. Exactly. Exactly. 
because you see him, it pans out. You see the lightsaber in his hilt. It's dark. I apologize for my dog barking. And, you know, the, the music plays. And I think this could be a Vader Anakin that's, you know, still cares about Ahsoka, but is kind of evil <laughs> and could have some bad intentions. And then also to spin off of that, I think the idea of it being Anakin as a force ghost could make sense, but like he doesn't show like the force ghost properties, if that makes sense. And um, like, like when Qui-Gon showed up at the end of Obi-Wan, he was glowing, you know, but like maybe it's because he's in the force and like, it's already in the force. The world between world is the force. Uh, that, that's the people on the force ghost theory that I yeah. seen like, Oh, well, cause they're in the force. They don't yeah. show as kind of blue. Glowy. Exactly. Um, but, uh, my thing was, if that's the case, I have a great theory, you know, hypothetical long shot, Sam Witwer credited in the show already is playing the sun. Um, the, the dark side essence and his connection that he had with Anakin is his personification right here. And that's why that's why he's here, I think, because of her connection with the light and his connection with Anakin's darkness. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I most likely scenario, I think it's Ahsoka having a vision. Yeah, memory. for it's, sure. It's her remembering how he is, but knowing that he's va- turns into Vader. And that's why there's a little Vader mixed in. And for sure. like you said, it's just kind of. This will give her guidance and kind of maybe let her get over the guilt of feeling like if she didn't leave, maybe Anakin wouldn't have turned. Right. I think that's most likely scenario. I also am like you and went down the Mortis God route and yeah. my theory crafting and be like, man, this would be cool. Because Ahsoka has, once again, the Mortis Gods, it's this three arc storyline from, or three episode storyline from Clone Wars. Clone Wars for anyone that didn't watch, where Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Anakin find this like, basically world of the force and they yep. meet three figures the father the brother and the or father son and daughter yeah basically the the holy trinity of the force um and it eventually leads to the brother is the dark side the daughter is the light side and the father's the balance the the brother tries to turn anakin um when he doesn't do that he eventually kills ahsoka um ahsoka is saved the, by yeah, the so it's saved by the daughter. Yep. That's why the owl is always attached to her because the owl was part of the daughter. Yes. These entities appeared on the more the mural but where Ezra accessed the world between worlds. So they have connection to this idea. Yeah. Um, so I also went, okay, what if this is, yeah, the brother personifying himself as Anakin right. and trying to maybe affect Ahsoka in this way? Um I think that'd be awesome. Me too. Um, it would kind of maybe bring some of this into light and tie this together. Uh, so I'm with you. I want that to be the case. Yeah. I don't know if that's too complicated and out there. I but don't hey, think so. Hey, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that'd be really cool. And yeah, once again, it would tie Sam Witwer in with this. Yep. We've also seen, once again, back in the Night Sister Temple, obviously they had the three figures yep. in that. 
Uh, so this idea of these three figures. So maybe it all is just coming back to this idea of the dark side, the light side, and then the balance in between. And yes. what what that really means and these godlike representations of them. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to find out tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm counting night. the hours, man. I'm counting yeah. the hours. Yeah. Um, what is it? In literally 24 hours and 45 minutes, we'll yep. be watching the next Ahsoka episode of, of recording. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts? We're, we're nearing an hour and a half, so I'm, I'm trying not to go because I'm sure we could talk about this Anakin stuff. Oh, for sure. You go in. Yeah. But uh, uh, just to, to wrap up, any, any final thoughts that you want to? Uh, no, it was just, it was an experience to say that I got to see my, my live action goat and my animated goat. Ahsoka is like my favorite animated character. Um, and Anakin, of course, my goat, it was probably why I like Ahsoka so much because master apprentice type thing, but I got to see them in live action together. That was so cool. Just that moment. And, like, the parallels of them looking at each other from, like, the Clone Wars and Rebels, that was cool. Um, it just, it was just a, a Goosebumps chill, like, chills moment for me. And it was really cool. That was it. What I'm excited about is we've basically seen everything they've teased in the trailers at this point. Yeah. So, now this it's point whole on, territory. we're kind of flying blind into the show. Yeah. And I am beyond excited to see where this show goes. And there's... It's, how many? Four episodes left? Um, no, it's only six episodes. I think. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty pretty sure it's six. Let me let me confirm. Um, episode, oh, and also episode five is getting a limited theatrical release. Oh my god! Release. Yes, so I was. Like, I forgot about that. This episode's gonna be a banger. It's Dave gotta Tony's be directing it, so yeah. you know it's important. Yeah, this episode five is gonna be like awesome. Like like episode four was game changing. And episode five is getting a limited edition theatrical cut. Filoni's on it. It is eight episodes, by the oh, way. So okay. we're only halfway through the season. Yeah. Okay. I yep. knew it. Um, that's cool. Yeah. It concludes right before Loki starts. That's so cool. Um, just yeah. back-to-back content. Um, but, man, f- this episode is about to go so crazy. I already know. Like, Filoni, whenever Filoni touches a sh- like a, an episode, you're in for it. You're in for a ride, let me tell you. It's it's always gonna be the most impactful story. Yes. It might not always be the best like visual. No, I think I think day. that Filoni's was still learning four. that skill. I think that was episode four. I think they gave us the yeah, action to and note the that director who was killed that it. Whoever he you are, it. if you ever hear this oh. ten out of ten top marks, you killed it. I want to. I want to give it, but uh, like Rick Famuyiwa, who's done a lot of Mandalorians, is kind of that one that kind of comes in. Mm. Peter Ramsey, he directed yes. to note, he was one of the co-directors of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes, yeah, I knew that. So, yeah, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, no, he and he directed the fifth episode of season three of the Mandalorian. I don't remember exactly uh, um, which episode that was. Was um, so was he, he's done work. Uh, in okay. these various areas, but like he he visually killed it. Oh yeah, in that episode. beyond beyond what I expected. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to see if I can. We talk about like Disney Plus quality. Like, in my opinion, this show's kind of been like 
real deal movie quality so far. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like there's no, no comparisons right now. Um, so Mandalorian one episode, I'm trying to just get the name and then we'll wrap up. Um, <laughs> come on. <laughs> the pirate, the pirate, the pirate. Okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah, we're excited for where this is going. We're reaching an hour and a half, so we should wrap this up. Yes, sir. So any shout-outs you want to do, sacred? Uh, you know, you guys know where to find me anywhere, mainly Twitter, as at a sacred skull. I also stream live uh, on Twitch, at a sacred skull. I post YouTube videos on YouTube, obviously, at a sacred skull. Anywhere, yeah. Come talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just go make sure you follow at Mediaverse underscore pod. Absolutely. I believe that's what our Twitter is. Drop um, some questions. We, we asked for like questions. I know we got one from Fluffy about Marvel <laughs> Snap. Sorry, Fluffy, if you made it all the way to that and half. We'll maybe talk Marvel Snap next time if we have a little less. Quick, time. quick yeah, answer. Loki is overpowered or that Loki deck is – Loki decks are overpowered. There you go. Loki decks are overpowered, but there's also plenty of counters. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but also, it's a boring meta right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the ranked system sucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, the post-infinite oh, yeah. ranked system, I, I absolutely hate. The, I love climbing. That, I know I said it wasn't. Good, but not really <laughs> I love climbing a thousand rank. Yeah. So I, I started 4K, by the way. I, I, when I had infinite, I was at, I was at 4K. I was like, okay, okay I, I can make a climb up pretty high. I'm at like 12K right now. Wow. And that's mainly just because I don't play all the time. Wow. Because you lose rank just not playing. That's kind of... I mean, I guess that makes sense, but... Yeah. There's eh. there's issues with the rank system. You, I've won games and lost rank. What? Oh, it's like Overwatch. Yeah. That's terrible. Okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's a horrible system. I like the idea. They need to fix the system. Yeah. There's our quick... Uh, there you go, Fluffy. Talk That's about for you. Snaps. Thank you there for you asking go, a question. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. We'll, we'll maybe ask for some more questions after these next couple of Soka episodes or for sure. get other news. So make sure you're you're checking out our Twitter. Yep. Uh, but with that, hope you all have a great rest of your day. Hope you enjoy Ahsoka tomorrow night. Uh, I'm going to try and get I this know out I tonight. Uh, yeah, I know I will too. <laughs> yeah. um, but we will see you all in two weeks. And we'll be back to the Sunday releases. This yes. one was just the, the weird Complications. one. I was traveling. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, have a good rest of your day. Thanks for listening, y'all. All right, we're good.